It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, it's time again for Three Point Podcast. We're up to episode 281, and we're presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer. Uh, the steam room's back open. They were doing some repairs on it, but it's back open, so <laughs> I get to get my uh, steam on over there. there sign go. up sign up for the October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K Run Walk, and uh, you'll have a lot of fun preparing for that Michigan-Michigan State football game. We also want to thank our friends at AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to have a special guest for the Prep Spotlight tonight, Sam Ali, Sports Director at MidMichigan Now and host of For the Win. You can also follow him on, he likes to still call it Twitter, but on X, at Sam Ali Sports. Well, guys, let me just quickly start. I don't have a lot to catch up on, but... This kind of goes back a few weeks when Jared went on a little bit of a rant about road construction. Okay. I, uh, I I had to go down to Royal Oak to do some babysitting duties. I'm not kidding you guys. Two days ago, we went down there. It took 75. Usually don't have any issues. It's usually an hour, 15 minute drive. It took me two, a solid two and a half hours. Wow. What is going on out there? And then what? I took I took 96 home and it was kind oh, of the no. same way. It's crazy. What, what what was it? Was there an accident you passed or something? Because, yeah, you're right. That's not normal for 75. Maybe it would take an hour and a half if you went during rush hour. What what was going on? Uh, I think I think Governor up? Whitmer trying to really solidify this fix the damn roads thing. I mean, you know, they're doing road construction, which is all right, because I think they're adding an extra lane. But it, it went from three lanes down to one. And you can just imagine, you know, I mean, I, I'm not kidding. I was an hour in bumper to bumper, barely moving Dear an God. hour. 
yeah. especially when you have somewhere to be, you know, yeah. you, you've, you've got to we be somewhere, <laughs> right. You're, you're late, you know, that's already bothering you, Yeah, you know, babysitting duty. So you're late for that. That's no fun. There's nothing worse than sitting in construction. I don't no. know if it's, I mean, it's just something you have to deal with. Yep. You complain about when roads are bumpy and there's potholes everywhere. You know, people complain about that. So then when they try to fix the road, you complain about the construction. It's just, I feel like it's a part of life. Well, it's got to be a better plan to me as the project yeah. manager. And I'm no road building expert, but when you, when you try to funnel three lanes down to one for a long period of time, you're going to, you're going to have nothing but problems. I think there's a better way to do it. And, and, you know, I know I've seen them at night working. I mean, they, right. they do more of that, I think. I would love that. I mean, it may, obviously it would cost us more as taxpayers. Maybe you got to pay the workers more to work at yeah, night. But right. I mean, I saw in Arizona every time I visited there, that's when they do their construction. They have really? to because it's so hot. Yeah. So, I mean, why not just do that anyway? I, is it that much more expensive to have the flashlights? And I mean, I, again, I, the road, I don't want the road workers out there every night. I mean, that sucks. But if they get paid more to do it, why not? Right. Um, yeah. I, Ted, I got, I'll be honest. I got to get something off my chest. It's, I've okay. been thinking about it for about yeah. a week now. Uh-huh. Um, you were right. Thank you. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, you were smart. I was cable dumb. TV. Spectrum has brought back ESPN and live sports, and you just saved yourself six hundred dollars on the year. I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen. I really didn't. I still kind of can't really believe it. Um, I'm sure you were ecstatic when that channel came back and it wasn't black anymore, and it clicked back <laughs> live, and you were able to watch your Monday Night Football. I, I just, I, I guess, I'll just give you the floor, man. I don't have much else to say other than. You were right. There's a reason you have the name TV Teddy and you go to call <laughs> I mean, you, you know what you're doing. Wow. I, that's high praise coming from the young fella for sure. But I, I will say this. I I will pat myself on the back a little bit because I will, you know, I was ready to pull. I was ready to cut that cable. I was all set to do it. And then it just it's like everything in life that my wife and I have decided to do as we've moved forward as a married couple is to make decisions. I always sleep on it gotta sleep on it don't react and i reacted first when i said that's it that's the final straw i'm cutting cable but i sat on it i thought well you know what's it gonna hurt for me to call them and first of all i, I this was before espn got added i called them and they gave me like 45 dollars off my bill and i said okay i can deal with that then lo and behold espn comes back so i get that discount plus i get all the channels that i watch and then on top of that one of our followers carolyn uh, she had said, well, she was able to get free Peacock for a year. So what did I do? I didn't wait and wait on hold for an hour and 15 minutes. I called the cable company. It's legit. Another year. I get a full year of free Peacock. Now how I'm sitting great right now. Sitting great. I was going to ask about that. So a couple things. So is the free year of Peacock, you had to sign up through your like cable through, subscription? Yeah. You got to go through spectrum. Yep. Okay. So that's, if you have a cable subscription, you get the free year. Yeah. So I was going to say, there's no way that's just open to everyone, everyone getting a free year. But OK, no, so that's a, thing. that's a cool hookup for you. Uh, clearly, I, I'd be curious to know the actual decision making, but Spectrum, <laughs> Spectrum saw the writing on the wall because I saw that Hulu, ESPN Plus and, you know, Disney Plus, those ones, their subscriptions were up. That little bit of time that Spectrum didn't have ESPN yeah. was up like a ridiculous amount so espn was basically sitting there saying disney you know whoever right balls in your court if you want us back you have to give us what we want we want more of your money is basically what it is we well, want more of devil, money for, from your let subscribers me, let me play spectrum. devil's advocate a little bit but though don't you think disney also sees the benefit of having spectrum as well 
Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that they, they weren't asking for the world. Right. You know, they, they knew they had to compromise a little bit, but yeah. it wasn't as much as what Spectrum wanted, clearly. No, that's I true. mean, and it wasn't. I mean, that, that was the report is that Spectrum had to give up more money. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a smart move because Spectrum, yes, they kept Ted and, you know, the, they still had a lot of subscribers, but if that would have been a long-term thing, their subscribers would have dropped for sure. So let me ask you guys. It is one, crazy. Good, good I'm job a, on you, Ted. Th thank you. But let me ask you a question. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention it last week or the week before. If you, if you have, let's say YouTube TV and they have the, what do they call it? Where they have the four different views of the game. Oh, now you're, now you're starting to get a little bit jealous of the, the grass being a little greener. Well, the no, the, no, the question I have is because, because I, I don't think I could watch many games that way i just don't i, I my concentration would be all over the place but <laughs> to, can can you put different channels on like on each of the screens like i'm thinking march madness there's four there's four different networks that are carrying the games can you have true tv tnt no, tbs no, no it, it's, can't do it, that. and that's what was and this was what kind of bummed like i was confused what what, what is the purpose of this yeah, I, it is awesome. I love it. It's the best part of it is that, you know, you got your four different screens, whatever screen you're hovered over with the remote. That's the mm -hmm. audio you hear. Yeah. It, it's an awesome addition. There's still some kinks to work out. No, you can't personally pick like exactly what games you want. I mean, there's How there's a million different options that they give you to pick from, but it's you can't customize what you want. OK, all right. And this was an issue I ran into, you know, college football night number one where it was the two big games that night were Minnesota, Nebraska, and uh, Utah versus Florida. And there was, right. of all these million different options to pick from, none of them had those two games in the same four quad box. So I was oh, kind wow. of like, what the hell's the point of this? But no, it's still awesome. And, yeah. and, it, and watching Monday Night Football on it two nights ago, it, it was perfect. It was that made had for, to be. It was made for it. So mm -hmm. it was great. That, that would be the, the almost no-brainer upgrade. Make mm -hmm. it customizable. You should be yeah. able to put whatever channels you want in there. I'd be curious what their explanation is, but right. no, I'm definitely used to, it is funny. Like when people come into work, if we, if we're given tours or, you know, new hires or whatever, they kind of sound like you, Ted, when they come into our control rooms, Jared, you definitely know what I'm talking about or our, our tape rooms where we do replay. I mean, we've got, you guys have seen <laughs> pictures that I've the wall of the wall of screens, just a wall of screens. So I'm, it's just second nature. Now we've got, cameras games everywhere so that whole thing is it's just you're i'm just you're built for now. this quad you've got to build for the quad experience what you're yeah doing. I, yeah but i can be like as, when people come in they'll be like how do you guys focus on this like which one are you looking at what are you even doing right now and it is something to adjust to but how, how do you is a is somebody in your ear and you or you just automatically know what screen you're looking at i mean you're kind of focused on the screen that you have to pay attention to but yeah you're you got we've got headphones on and stuff and we're right. we're listening to producers directors or whatever but i don't know i think it's just a multitasking thing i think you just get used to having your periffs on and keeping an eye on you know i'll have i'll have like michigan on over here but i'll be right. paying attention to my actual job but also oh, yeah. watching michigan over here so that's yeah. not it, a bad it is job. funny because i've heard other people say that that yeah the multi-viewer is cool but there's no way i could watch football with a multi-viewer because i wouldn't know like where to look i wouldn't even right. know what to be watching that's I think why I red could... zone is cool red zone does the cutting for you that's yes cool. yes i do like the red zone and i think i could watch the the what do you call it the quad view or what is it quad I, could do, I could do that if there wasn't a game like a michigan game that i wanted to totally concentrate on if there was four decent college football games i, I'd I watch mean it this that weekend way. man it, it might be made for it yeah I mean, michigan i mean michigan has a 
good game at noon. Yeah. But I mean, talk about a loaded, you know, uh, rundown of games. It might be time to break out the quad box. That's something that Spectrum doesn't have. No, no. Uh, but that. But the one nice you, thing you about to be able to make the world move. So in the, at least in this charter and spectrum and uh, cable and universe, so maybe make a few calls. They might they might be able to get that hooked up for hook up to your box. Yeah, I'll see if I can work my magic. But the one nice thing is I was going to say about the March Madness that I do like. You know, it's it's definitely the boomers are more entrenched into the cable. I'll admit that, but it is kind of nice. In, especially in March Madness, just click, 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 you know, yeah. go to game to game. I mean, it's 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 pretty sweet. I mean, the March Madness live app has been yeah. ahead of its time for years now, man. That's awesome. We all yeah. love it. Yep. All right, guys. I, anything else to catch up on before we uh, get to Sam Ali? It's just crazy. We're already approaching October, mid, yeah. mid-season of high school football. We're already into Big Ten football play. It's crazy. I'm loving it. Other than, you know, the cold weather's coming and the boat's coming out of the water pretty soon, too. Oh, man. <laughs> Would you guys, this is an open-ended question, and maybe we can be quick because we got a lot to talk about still, but yeah, if, you, if I could offer you, uh, you know, red or blue pill, <laughs> one pill would make it so that football has moved from, you know, our current schedule, which is starts in whatever, last week of August and runs through February. If I could shift it up to start in basically, like, June, and it just runs all summer and it's wrapping up, you know, right around Thanksgiving or so. Would you guys make that change right now? Or do you like it how it is? No, I like it. I want, I want July off. I want July with just, you know, baseball. Sure. MLB. And then yes, come August. All right. Let's start shifting our focus to football. I, I like my, you guys know, I love summers. I want yeah. summer where I don't have to be watching football. Think of how awesome summer would be if every weekend you got football waiting for you, man. It's, it, it sounds magical. It sounds like it's like, it's, you know, you have one, three months of the best of your life, or you can stretch it out for a year. I almost would rather just have like three months where it's like, you're just living life. It's, you look forward to it every year. It just sounds awesome to me. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I'm going to have to go with Matt on this one. I mean, the summertime, there's too much stuff to do outside. It's great going to a baseball game. Uh, I think football is exactly where it needs to be right now. I, I love the way it's set up. Uh, you know, you get the Thanksgiving weekend, you know what your teams are doing. You got the great matchups and then you get ready for bowl season or the uh, playoffs. I mean, we, this is the last year of 14 playoff, right? Yep. Next, next year yep. goes to the 12th. Yeah. Yep. So let's enjoy it this year. Hopefully our Wolverines can, uh, can make a run. We'll talk about that. And uh, you know, we'll see about the lions as well, but uh Let's talk about that stuff after we get done with the Prep Spotlight. We have Sam Ali and the Prep Spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency coming up next. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions 
where your success begins. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, let's get this prep spotlight going. Prep spotlight is always brought to you by Jacobs Insurance. Friend of the pod now, he's a veteran of Three Point Podcast, Sam Ali. Um, you can follow him at Sam Ali Sports on X. He's a sports director at Mid Michigan now, so definitely give him a follow. He keeps you all up to date, not just on high school football, soccer. You were just at Kersley, you were talking about um, a bunch of all the other fall sports around the area, so give him a follow. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Um, you were you were a part of the prep spotlight a few weeks ago, or the prep pigskin preview. There you go. Weeks ago, and um, I wanted to ask you right out of the gate: What's a couple teams four weeks into the season that have kind of been a surprise to you, either good or bad? Teams that you weren't expecting to be like making a push for the playoffs, or maybe you were expecting to, and they're not looking so good. A couple teams that have been a surprise so far. Um, I honestly, the, everything seems to be on par with what everyone was thinking. Maybe the biggest surprise has been Chesney and how they've been able to play. They had that huge upset win over New Lothrop, which puts them kind of in the driver's seat. It's almost like them and Durand kind of switched spots right. this year. Um, but we'll kind of see how, you know, they're going to be playing Montrose. So we'll see if, if, if they are for real, if they're able to knock off New Lothrop and Montrose in the same season. Uh, they're definitely for real, but every, everything else, I'm kind of a little disappointed with, with Heritage. Um, you know, I kind of felt like they were going to be the sleeper team, the team that was really going to break out. Um, but man, you know, those teams in the, in the SBL, man, they, they don't mess around when they come to their, uh, their in-conference games. A big matchup coming up uh, for our listeners, and, and we promised we're not going to talk about Corona. We mentioned that before we started recording. Uh, just much. real quick, I mean, the big game coming up against Goodrich uh, in a couple weeks. You've seen both teams this year. Do you have an early lean, or what do you expect to see in that matchup coming up? Every time we we think we're going to see a competitive Goodrich game, it ends up being just a, like they just blow yeah. the doors off of whoever they're facing. I mean, the week one game at the big house against Frankenmuth was, you know, back and forth. And maybe you can just attribute that to just being week one. Teams kind of feeling out each other and figuring out their roles. But um, to, to bet against Goodrich at this point, it's it's a tough sell. Uh, but Corona's got the weapons. They've, they've, they've got the guys. Uh, Bauer brothers are just determined right now to, to, to go out on a high note. And if at the end of the day, if, if anything, it just shows them what they're going to be facing when they get to the playoffs. You know, if they, you know, if they just happen to be on the losing end to Goodrich, the sky is not falling. They'll get to be able to tighten up what they need to work on so that they know what they need to make that deep run, which is what they're, what they want to do ultimately. You mentioned yeah. uh, attending the game at the big house. We actually had a little bit of a debate a couple of weeks ago about what that environment is like. You, you were there. Is it an awesome place to play some high school football? I'm on the opposite end. I'd rather just see them playing underneath the lights on Friday night. But what did you think? I think the big house was too big for 
a place. It just felt so much smaller when you when you sit in there and looking around at this like coliseum, right. uh, you know, that seats well over a hundred thousand people. And and bless their hearts, you know, the Frankenmuth and the Goodrich uh, right. fans who filled it up as much as they could. I'm pretty sure if you took the entire population, <laughs> of both cities, you wouldn't be able to even fill 20 percent. Of, right. of that place so i mean it was a good opportunity for the kids um yeah. but it really it, it, it makes a huge difference when when you don't fill that place up to capacity you know the big house is it, it is what it is but you know now that you've covered mid-michigan uh in the last couple of years and we've talked about it before here on this podcast about some of the cool stadiums in the state where do you like to go what what stadium do you really get into uh when you're out doing some coverage Okay, so some people are probably not going to like this, but I would say the new Grand Blank Stadium. Um, and, you know, there's there have been, you know, rumblings and stuff about, um, you know, investing that much money and what does it mean for the community? I personally believe that it's just going to create a boom and allow them to host uh, events outside of their own football, football games and stuff. So it's going to bring a lot of stuff to the Grand Blank community. But that Looks stadium... Phenomenal. Guys, it's it's better than some D3 stadiums, some D2 stadiums. I'll even yeah. go that far. I mean, it it, it almost kind of incentivizes other schools, too, to invest that kind of money into their athletics. And that's the kind of return that you get. But, yeah, that place, I mean, it's just it's just unreal. And, and especially with the games that they've had, uh, they've been able to see some success and show people that it's worth investing uh, that kind of money into just a, a huge complex for them. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Chesanane Montrose, obviously a huge game this weekend. The game that Jared mentioned, Goodrich and Karana is in a couple weeks. Karana has Lake Fenton this weekend. That'll be a good test for the Cavaliers. Any other games that you've just got, you've got written down right now that you're sending some photographers to or you're going to yourself? I mean, just a couple games that you're like, we've got to get to these are we got to watch these it's games so funny that you say that because i literally did write down a bunch of games it seems like in the next two to three weeks are there are going to be basically the best matchups you mentioned new lothrop uh against montrose uh you know goodrich corona fenton and linden are going to be facing each other and then the week after uh frankenmuth and freeland are probably again going to face each other and both are going to be undefeated um lapeer and grand blank is go, yeah. there's first to 50 points. It, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be an unbelievable game. Um, and then Davison, who is kind of just, you know, rolling through, uh, they're really going to have their schedule time. They're going to be playing Grand Blank and Lapeer. Um, so it, it, teams have kind of seen their schedules. And, you know, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you're going to have those blowout games. But I feel like in the next two to three weeks, uh, there's going to be some really, really big matchups. And for guys like me, you're going to have to start to decide, you know, which game is going to be the better matchup to go to. But these next two or three weeks, man, it's going to be some really, really quality matchups in Michigan. We're getting into the the best part of the year really is uh, for high school football, really figure out who these teams are. Um, I think we found out a little bit about a certain team that we all love on Sunday. Uh, you happen to be in the building, Ford Field for <laughs> Lions versus Seahawks. Uh, I mean, it felt like a little bit of a wake-up call to me as a fan. It felt like maybe the air was let out of the balloon. What did you make of, one, what did the atmosphere feel like there down at Ford Field? And two, are you hitting the panic button with this Lions team? 
the atmosphere guys legitimately i was getting a a headache as to how <laughs> loud it was and even pre-game people walking in people at the entrance you had strangers giving each other high fives and and just everyone so excited and so happy and like you know i don't really have a dog in the fight but man i was devastated after that <laughs> happened it was such a bummer because for as loud as it was and they talked about that it was the loudest that it peaked at 127.5 decibels the loudest it has ever been at ford field in a way when that touchdown was scored in overtime and the referee says it's been reviewed it's a touchdown the game is over the silence was right. definite there were no boos it was just stunned silence and it, it it really sucks and that was what the players were saying afterwards that they felt so bad that everyone came out and there was just all this optimism and they kind of did just give it away and looking ahead at the schedule you got atlanta one of the best running teams in the entire nfl and that's what the lions struggle with and haven't been able to figure out and then on a short week turnaround take taking a look at a green bay team green bay. that is way better yeah. than what we thought they could be getting christian watson back at that point are, are yeah are we staring at one in three <laughs> right now after all the expectations it's just mind-blowing and let alone all the injuries it's right. just a whirlwind right now you just don't know what to think yeah Definitely a little disappointing start, especially that end of that game last week. But uh, we'll talk more about that a little later on the podcast. Uh, before we let you out of here, uh, you're a Dearborn guy, right? Is there any of the any of the schools down there that you're kind of keeping an eye on uh, that might do some uh, make some noise in the playoffs? You know what? Every time I get with Deer, Dearborn Fortson, go Tractors. There we go. Um, <laughs> Every time I get excited about anything that they do, and then I just like, you know, only recently I found out that like Antonio Gates Jr. went to Fortson. I was sitting there, I was at my brother's graduation. He's like, hey man, that's Antonio Gates' uh, son. I'm like, Antonio Gates is here? Like, what is he doing here? It was, it was like, I'm like, I didn't even know. But I mean, uh, at the end of the day, with you kind of look at those teams, no one's really gonna make any noise. I know all eyes are on division one. And when it comes to teams like Belleville, teams like Rockford, um, it's it's going to be tough. I hope we don't get into a, a, a situation like last year where we had so many of our local teams go to the state championship and it kind of just, you know, kind of fell flat. I know Gladwin ended up winning, right. uh, but I really want to see what our teams look like when they face the, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop in yeah. the state. I think I think we'll get at least one. I just got I got a good vibe about the teams in our area. It seems like it. And, you know, like you said, there's a bunch of stars and senior leadership and some really good programs right now. Um, last one for me, speaking of those stars and maybe not sticking with Karana and Wyatt Bauer or his brother, Tarek. Any other players that you're just saying they're just lighting up the scoreboard, either defensively, offensively, you guys seem like every time you cut a highlight it's all this guy you know any players that you guys are just highlight reel after highlight reel seems like every time we do like a, a good rich game chase burnett is scoring just like a bunch of touchdowns and he is just taking care of business um it, with good rich max macklem um only makes like one-handed catches i don't think he's <laughs> capable of just like catching the ball and going down 
Um, he's he's just been amazing for them, and I believe both of them are are juniors. So oh. like we're going to be seeing them uh, next year as well. Um, uh, Lapeer with Zach Olenizak, who like everyone has their own way to pronouncing his last name. Yeah. Um, he's he's doing really well. He's finally got a huge decision out of the way. He's committed to Grand Valley State now. So that's just like clearing his mind, something you know off his shoulders. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe that could catapult him. Uh, you know, into finishing the season strong. Lapeer, like I mentioned, still has to play Grand Blank, still has to play Davison. Um, so, I mean, he's he's been doing really well. Uh, Sawyer Glenny over at Davison. We had all these questions about what Davison was going to be after losing all that talent last year. And apparently they just plug in, uh, you know, Sawyer Glenny, and he's just been balling, throws such a, 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 a sweet, he's got great touch with yeah. the football. Um, he's been playing really well. I'm loving the quarterback play in, in mid-Michigan. You know, it's 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 making for some really, really exciting games and they're really good, exciting highlights for us. All right. Well, Sam, we appreciate the time. Uh, you're one of the hardest working men in Friday highlighting shows. That's for sure. You're pretty much a solo guy, right? Yes, it's just me. I, I try to get my kids to help, but they're just not interested, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you do a great job. And again, tell our listeners best spot to catch up with you. At Sam Ali Sports on Twitter. I'm not calling it X. <laughs> All right. It is Twitter. Follow me on there. Um, there's, you know, high school talk, a bunch of other nonsense that you'll find on there. Um, also on Facebook at Sam Ali Sports. And I've also uh, gotten into uh, the TikTok with the kids. Nice. You won't be seeing me dancing or doing any kind of uh, sing alongs or anything like that. Right. But uh, just some funny stuff. Uh, with Detroit sports. Follow me on all of those platforms uh, to keep you updated on the local sports scene. All right, Sam, we really appreciate the time and we'll have a little bit more here on the prep spotlight brought to you by Jacobs insurance agency right after this from the good folks at Jacobs. Jacobs insurance agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like three point podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs, senior Gary Jacobs, the second, Brian Jacobs and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys, great stuff with Sam. As always, enjoy talking with him, and he does a great job covering the high school scene. You know, we didn't talk a whole lot about it, but let's start this right off with our number four, Corona Cavaliers uh, dominated Owasso's Trojans at Wilman Field last Friday night, 56-7. to Wyatt Bauer, four touchdown passes, three to his twin, Tarek. The defense stout again is Bryce Eddington, 100-yard pick six. It was a thing of beauty as he followed his blockers down the near sideline. Cavs now have outscored their opponents 178-14. to uh, You know, we're reaching that midway point of the season, and, you know, they got a long way to go, but, boy, they're looking good. I mean, we, we said it, you know, some of these games, it almost is setting up like uh, like Michigan schedule or some mm-hmm. of these schedules that you see in college. The first few games, I'm not calling them cupcakes by any means, but right. we kind of knew that Corona would be favored in these first three or four games. And they clearly took care of business. That that score differential that you just laid out is just insane. And, and actually, our, our friend Goose Poop, he put out a graphic. We, we posted it on our Facebook page 
they're one of only 10 teams to allow like under five points a game right now, allowing yeah. like 3.5 points 5. per game. So mm-hmm. it's just crazy to think about. But we we mentioned it with Sam and we've mentioned it before. Lake Fenton this Friday, Goodrich next Friday. Not to say that these two games are going to define the season or anything like that, but I think it's good for Corona to get a couple games that, you know, they're going to have to strap up and, and go in and, and really play their best game. I mean, Lake Fenton may not be what they've been in year or two, you know, previously, but still a good team. That Goodrich team is, man, that, that first game at the Nick, mm-hmm. that is going to be one hell of a game, man. I almost want to fly back and catch that thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be, you know, obviously a little bit of a look ahead this week. Hopefully they right. just handle business. Um, one thing I would caution them is just it's it, when you have so much. I mean, they've been talking about this. good. We've been talking about it. Everybody's been talking about this Goodrich game right. all summer. And I, you just and you just hope that they don't get a little bit too geared up for that Goodrich game. Just Especially being the game, first home game. Right. It's going to be a lot of energy. Uh, and you just, just stay calm. You know, there's going to be a lot of momentum swings probably in that game. We know how tough Goodrich is. So. You just hope they they kind of stay present and don't get a little bit too overboard. Uh, oh, that's a saying for it. Along with that line of thinking as well, don't look past Lake Fenton. Right. They're, they're right. at home. You know, it's the fifth road game in a row for the Cavaliers. That'd be quite a feat if they can win their first five games on the road and then get ready for that real tough part of the schedule. But uh, we're pulling for them for sure. And we talked about it a little bit with Sam. Chessanine, a big 21-3 to win over Langsburg. Indians now improved to 3-1. and one. They take on unbeaten Montrose this coming Friday night. Man, that's shades of the late 90s and early 2000s. A couple powerhouse programs back then. You know, Chessanine could really make a statement if they can knock off the Rams. Yeah, when I saw Montrose and Chessanine being one of the highlight games, at least in mid-Michigan, it really did make me think about mid-90s, late-90s, being a 7th, 8th grader, waking up, reading the Argus Press, <laughs> seeing the, the headlines of a, a playoff matchup or, or something like that. But yeah, man. Sam Sam said it. Chesnine, one of the surprise teams in the area for sure. Yeah. It's almost like one of those matchups, like, you know, how in college football they schedule them like 30 years out. Like it's almost like they scheduled this in like the 90s. Like, man, this is gonna be one hell of a rivalry, like in <laughs> right. 25 years. Uh, when the both teams are going to Fort Field every year. But no, it's a great matchup. I mean, I, I will agree with you, Ted. I love it. It's yeah. something about the two teams, the colorways, the history. I mean, that's high school football in mid-Michigan right there. Absolutely. Well, you can't count out New Lothrop either, Either, even though Chesanine beat the Hornets. Uh, New Lothrop, no problem with Mount Morris. The, Mount Morris, uh, the Hornets improved to 7-0 all-time against the Panthers. Then we had a couple of big blowouts, guys. I mean, Durand, a little bit angry, taking on a Lakeville team, which really hasn't been able to figure it out in football the last number of years. 71-6. to Gavin Brewer had 115 yards and three scores and senior Hayden Simmons over hundred yards and also three touchdowns, but 71 points in the day and age of the running clock. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's because you know, they're you're, you're putting your backups in too. And, right. and there's maybe even third stringers in there. So 71 points, that just takes a lot of time to score. That's <laughs> Well, the whole key, and here's the other score I wanted to throw out there. There's actually two scores I wanted to throw out there. Mount Pleasant, mm-hmm. Sacred Heart, poor Byron this year. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Jared, that Byron beat Corona yeah. at the Nick. And <laughs> now they're down They're down to eight-man football. They got pounded 77 to nothing. They've really struggled this year. When you These teams that can put up in the mid-70s, you got to score a ton of those points in the first half because the running clock right. doesn't take effect until the second half. You, I mean, they might have been ahead 50 to nothing at halftime. Then the clock continues to run, you know, right. and the second half never stops. So that's, that's I mean, ugly. What? Corona, Corona was 
well on their way against Owasso, right? Not to not to take any shots, but what was that halftime score? Oh was shoot, forty two to nothing. Yeah, it was forty two nothing. Yeah, so yeah. they were on their way. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I don't know if you guys caught this score in college football. Portland State routed North American University. I don't even know where they're at. Ninety one to nothing. Did you see what that college was all football? About them? What's that? No, I, I didn't see. I did see the score. I, I can't. I, I'll be honest. I didn't look into it. No, what, I didn't what either. Is the story behind it. Pre the the week before, Portland State lost seventy one to zero. So they. Oh my they, god! They flipped the script on it. Uh, let me let me confirm that. But I I saw. Yeah, they they said one one week. You know, they went in and lost this this point spread, and then the next week they're doing the other way around. Holy cow! So yeah, seventy one to zero the previous week. So. That, that's got to be the biggest point margin turnaround in two weeks ever. I mean, yeah. incredible. And uh, also, Perry Ramblers picked up another win over Whitmore Lake, 41-12. to 12. Good job, Ramblers. And then, Jared, you might appreciate this. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Detroit Catholic Central is taking on Orchard Lake St. Mary. Uh, it's going to be on State Champs Television and WJR Radio. I mean, that blows my mind. They're they're. You know, the big 50,000 water in Detroit covering high school football. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did that last year, I thought. They? For, uh, for They would simulcast our, you know, Valley games on there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a good match, but it's cool that uh, even though we're not doing it this year, that State Champs has uh, kind of picked it up, and they're doing a game every week. I love it. They do, they do a good job. Yeah, they do. And also, I mean, speaking of Detroit, I, I did see this week that uh, in the NFL, 19 players, 19 football players out of Detroit High School in the NFL, most of any city in the country. Oh, That's pretty amazing. It was amazing, amazing, man. I don't know. How, it's kind of shocking to think about, but we know how good Detroit is every year. I mean, you look at who the, who the state champions are in every division. It's like, right. you know, it's almost like a team out of Detroit for all eight divisions. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we've seen that talent this year. I mean, you know, Bryce Underwood, number one quarterback and number one player overall in the junior class. So and he's really visited cool Colorado too, didn't he? I mean, Dante Moore is starting at UCLA as a true freshman, number one ranked yeah. PFF freshman in the country. I mean, Detroit's really putting out some serious talent. I guess Sauce Gardner, probably the best cornerback in in the NFL. Right. So yeah, yeah, that that talent's all over the place. I, it's sometimes. And you're not going to get them all, especially in today's day and age. I know we're stepping outside of the prep spotlight a little bit, but um, why some, why Michigan and even Michigan State to an extent can't land basically every single one of these kids? I know a- anymore nowadays, you know, it's easy. Yeah, Dante Moore going out to UCLA or Underwood maybe going to play for Dion at Colorado. But right, it's just it's just crazy sometimes. You you know, back in the day, you would think that Michigan would be scooping up all of these kids, but it, it is cool to see. Times have certainly changed for sure. That, that Portland State score, by the way, was eighty-one to seven. They lost to Oregon. Oh, that's and then right. they flipped around and won ninety-one to zero. So yeah, I saw crazy. North North American University is in Houston, and it's an NAIA school. So okay, All I, right. still, I, I don't know how that's possible to lose by that margin, but it's uh, a lot. Kind of you you bringing up NAIA. Um, we didn't really talk about it much, and whatever this fits in the prep spotlight, right. sure. See Ferris State scheduled Montana. Yeah, you know Montana's in the Big Sky. I mean, a D one team. Well, actually, Monta- Montana scheduled Ferris State, and yeah, Ferris State was leading at halftime, and you know, in into the fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure they might have been losing in it. Yeah, in I think they play. lost. I think seventeen ten. I saw Tony's post game uh, on the field interview. It kind of confused me. I don't know if either of you guys saw it. Uh-uh. I couldn't tell if he was joking or if he was being serious, but he kept saying how much of an issue they had with the crowd noise. 
and people were like taking pictures of the of the stadium there it wasn't like it was like some sold out crowd I, I think he was being serious but he said it like three or four times I didn't I didn't totally understand where he was going with it but I just thought that was an interesting thing to say a few times you don't hear that very often that they kind of struggled with the crowd noise yeah, yeah. that's for sure Tony and East to Michigan State. Now we'll put that behind us. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk some football, college football, and pro football uh, in just a moment. But again, I want to thank the great folks at Jacobs Insurance Agency. You know, we don't say it enough, fellas, but our our advertisers. You know, we have a lot of listeners, and our, our advertisers are with us because they want to get their message out there. So if you're ever in their business, you know, whether you're uh, already an existing customer or a new customer, tell them you listen. And heard their ad here on the Three Point Podcast. I'm sure they would really appreciate it. And they, you know, everybody likes to know where their money's going. So, big shout out to Jacobs Insurance again for being a part of the Prep Spotlight. All right, we'll have more college and pro football right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Dr. Ashraf Albana will be again hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will also be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Memorial Healthcare in Owasso. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys. Um, I don't know what to say. I know you guys are going to be kind of <laughs> mad at me. Lions fans already hate me, it seems like. I'm, I'm the odd man out. I, I don't know. Something about this weekend, this Sunday's game, Yes, it's just one game. Yes, the Seahawks are good. They're a playoff team. I, it just really seemed like this team is a lot more severely flawed than I think we uh, like originally thought. I, I don't know why we all feel so good about this defense heading into this year. When we all know, we watched every game last year. It was a defense that stood on their head, somehow made it miraculous plays in the red zone. Again, maybe that's coaching. Maybe that's the players. I chalk it up more to luck than anything. I mean, remember that Green Bay game with Aaron Rodgers? He had three red zone picks. It's just sometimes you just – the ball bounces your way. We were healthy all year last year. But, wow, what the hell was that? I, I have no problem with what I saw in the offensive end. Jared mm-hmm. Goff, he's elite. Sam Laporta, steal the draft, arguably. I mean, he looks damn good. Yep. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, just zero pressure. Zero pressure. Like, it kind of unbelievable, the, the lack of pressure that they got in an NFL football game with one of their top guys being Aiden Hutchinson, second uh, second overall pick a year ago, rookie of the year last year. I mean, he's got five tackles on the year, one assisted tackle. I know it's not all on him. I know it's not. But at what point do we look at this pass rush and say, this is not a, a Super Bowl contending pass rush? I've always said, if you look at like kind of my coaching pillars, if I was an NFL coach or a GM, but rather – you got to be able to rush the passer with four guys in the NFL. They can't do that. They couldn't rush the passer with seven guys. Uh, the only sack they had came when Geno Smith went Johnny Manziel mode 
and <laughs> ran all the way around the field and got brought down. That's the only time they got any pressure on him. And I saw the hurries. I know Aiden Hutchinson is getting pressure on quarterbacks, but he's not getting home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't need to rehash everything I said last week about how I just feel like it's a lot of wasted energy. You watch him. He's he's playing hard. We know that. We love him. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great football player. But is he that, you know, Micah Parsons? Is he that Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, uh, is, the Von Miller, that kind of one-man wrecking crew, Aaron Donald, that we kind of need him to be with how this roster is currently constructed? I don't think he is. And I think we're seeing that. I mean, now James Houston's out. James Houston's year last year, I almost feel like it was more of an anomaly as well. I mean, 12 sacks, he he made great plays, but I it just – it's kind of hard to bank on that 12 sacks coming every single year with him. Uh, so I don't know. It just really depressed me. This is a severely flawed defense. Even the the secondary didn't look good when they were healthy. Now Gardner Johnson's out for the year, most likely. Just what, what did we watch? Now people are calling for Aaron Glenn's job. I don't think that's the case, but clearly he doesn't know how to scout for Geno Smith. That's two times in a row. He's lit us up for 40. Yep. What did you guys make of that? Am I, am I panicking too much or – was there a small part of you guys, which I think there was, that saw that game and said, "Oh shit!" This no, I'll be I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I'm I'm not out on the Lions. I'm not sitting here saying they're not going to make the playoffs. Bust. I'm not bringing out the same old Lions thing. That took out almost all the wind from my sails for the Lions because it felt like it felt like a same old Lions type of thing. I don't want to say that because I don't think this is that situation. I think Dan Campbell has turn things around Jared Goff, like you mentioned in the offense, but that's a game that they should have won. You're coming off the chiefs win, first home game. Sam talked about that environment down there in Detroit. We, we saw it on TV. We heard about it. Uh, the, yeah, the Seahawks went to the playoffs, but you know, they lost in week one. You've seen this offense, Aaron Glenn, they've seen this offense time and time again. You should have been able to scout for them. You should have known what they were going to do. And it just seemed like we couldn't do anything. Offense was fine, like you said, Jared. But the defense, I think the, the last three times that the Lions have faced the Seahawks, they've given up like five, 600 yards every game to the Seahawks. And it's just like, stop scheduling Seattle. Please right. stop giving yeah. Detroit Seattle. I don't want to play this team anymore. They always ruin our season. No, there's still 15 games to go. This The season is not over. But like you kind of laid out, we clearly see that this defense, even though they made a lot of those moves, drafted Jack Campbell, signed Gardner Johnson, signed Cam Sutton, um, you know, the, some of the other guys that they brought in. It's not working. I don't know what it is. If it's these linebackers, we love Rodrigo. We love Anzalone. We love the Jack Campbell draft. Um, but these are, those are some slow linebackers. <laughs> Gino and those the tight ends and the running backs, when they would get matched up against the, the linebackers, they were getting torched. You you laid out Hutchinson. I've been ripping on Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. He's getting pressure. He's getting hurries, but right, no sacks. And I just I think it's mostly no one else on the defensive line is doing anything either. So other teams can be like, may as well double team Hutchinson. May as well chip him every time. May as well send a double team at him every time because no one else is going to do anything. And like you said, now Houston is out. So Aaron Glenn, they, they got to figure something out because the Falcons are no joke. And then, like we talked, the Packers are right after that. So it's not going to get any easier. And you can't expect, even if the offense is good, you can't expect them to score 40 every game. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's definitely some concerns on the defense, especially now that they're banged up. You know, I mean, if they were 100% healthy, I wouldn't be as concerned. But now that they've had some injuries, some big injuries, 
it's worrisome. I'm not, I'm certainly not out on Hutchinson. I mean, guy can't do it himself. I, I'd put more of the blame on Glenn personally. I would think that that Aiden Hutchinson's one of these guys that could be a hybrid edge rusher, linebacker, move him or move him all around. Have him stand right. up. Don't just have him line up at the end and go at the tackle. I mean, mix him up a little bit, you know, especially with this team needs to get some pressure on, on, the, on the quarterback. Now the other side of the coin, we haven't even talked about it. Our guy with the big balls, Dan Campbell played it <laughs> conservative at the end of regulation. What, what was up with that? I understand the concept of you want to not give them the ball, blah, blah, blah. But why do you put the, put the gas off the pedal? I mean, why do you do that? Why do you not go for the six? I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I saw his exp- explanation after the game. He, right. he explained, it was kind of weird, actually. He explained it as like, he saw it as the end of the half. Yeah. And he, he didn't want to give them the ball back, you know, at the end of the half. Right. And I just, I think I understand maybe a little bit what you're saying, but no, this is the end of the game. And your defense has been getting cooked. Go win the it. whole game. They got down to like the 30 yard line, basically with all three timeouts. Right. You take one shot to the end zone because really the same, same idea as the defense being terrible. The offense was doing basically whatever they wanted the whole game. Take a couple shots. Otherwise it was just little pass to the middle, little pass to the middle. Yeah. Field goal to tie. And it was just like, we all knew it was going to happen. If the Seahawks won the toss in overtime, right. they were going to win the game. And that's exactly what they did. And I, golf I was red hot. Right. Golf was red hot. It, I can't believe they didn't take one shot to the end zone with all the timeouts. Exactly. Especially like you said, Campbell had already gone for a, what, three or four times on fourth down. Yes. It's um, stay consistent, Danny. And that that's, you know, you're talking about consistent, one consistent thing in his three years or whatever now in Detroit is some of those end of game decisions. We, Mm -hmm. you know, he's had a number of games where he's made some very questionable decisions at the end of the game that have cost him against the Vikings. I feel like against the Ravens a couple of years ago where, you know, we're, we're having the same conversation on the podcast afterwards and no, I'm not sitting here questioning Dan Campbell. I've, I've flipped on him. You know, I I think he is the right guy for the job, but yep. you just have to wonder, like, why? How did you all of a sudden get conservative with the three timeouts At with, home. with with a quarterback that you clearly trust? Like, right? Yeah, I, I think arguably that lost him the game right there because you you knew if it came down to a coin toss and Seattle won, the game was over. Yep. Yeah, and it was. I I, I didn't love what Campbell did down the stretch. I agree with you guys conservative i didn't totally understand it but again i just think we're still we're thinking a little too narrow-minded that was that game i saw issues that are going to last the rest of this year they were not yeah. addressed yeah. in the offseason we addressed the secondary uh, they were I, I almost feel like that is where aaron glenn maybe gets a little bit of the blame you had to be a little bit more aggressive man sending pressure at geno smith once you realize you're not getting any pressure on him you can't let, i don't care if it's zach wilson you can't just let him sit back there all nope. day uh, and throw and, and you know what was kind of funny is we kind of forgot about it is i mean the seattle had a banged up offensive line two backup right. tackles starting and that's the performance we got i mean what is this what is this linebacking crew doing are they they are not they're not elite pass rushers they're they clearly don't defend the pass very well either i think they combined were like 14 targeted targets 14 catches like 150 yep. yards just what in god's green earth um but no overall i just thought it was more of a system-wide issue Mm-hmm. that I feel like we don't have the, the Jimmys and Joes. Maybe a trade can bring us in another pass rush. I mean, even think about like the Los Angeles Rams. 
when they had Aaron Donald. They still are making trades for Von Miller. Like, yeah. I, their team is still a move away from being a legit – and I guess it depends on what we're viewing a success this year. I thought it was Super Bowl. You know, that's, I thought that was what our thoughts were. And it just didn't seem like a Super Bowl team this weekend. It's yeah. a playoff team. It's a good team. I love watching them week every – they're the best Lions team I've probably ever seen. Right. But I, I, it's just I, – to get to that upper echelon, I still think they're really far away. Mm-hmm. And I think Brad Holmes is good at his job. I think Dan Cable's great at his job. I just really hated that Gibbs pick. I said it at the time. I mean, we're seeing it kind of play out in front of our eyes. That pick six that got through his first pick in like 400 passes. Ran the wrong route. Fault. It was Gibbs's fault. Yep. And and we're seeing now it's like, man, they're like they're going to try to sign guys. Craig Reynolds is getting like starter reps apparently. Uh, he's only had 53 snaps compared to Dalton Kincaid, tight end for the Buffalo Bills, or even Bijan Robinson, who have over 100. Dalton Kincaid had a back surgery like three months ago, like six months ago it felt like. And then B. John Robinson just picked four picks ahead of Gibbs is, is playing double the snaps. What is going on with Gibbs? What do you guys make of that? We know he's fast. We know he's electric. There's something going on behind the scenes where I don't know. It feels like they don't trust him. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's a trust thing. I mean, they keep saying, you know, they're figuring out ways to get him involved. The time to figure that out is when David Montgomery went down with an injury and right. you're, you're left with Gibbs basically. Cause yeah, the Craig Reynolds story was fun, you know, and, and cool with hard knocks last year, but he's a third string running back for a reason. You know, he's, he's a plug in when you need a guy to come in for a carry or two. When Montgomery went down, it should have been Gibbs. Gibbs yeah. is in there. Hey, Hey rookie. Like <laughs> we got to see what you got. So I think they're still figuring out what they want with him. I'm not giving up on him. I don't know. Man. I think it, it's going to be for the next three or four years. We're going to be looking at this draft and being like, look who was drafted after him. Right. Look, look who's doing great. And here's Gibbs. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Gibbs will turn into a good, you know, a pretty, pretty good pick, but they got to get him the ball. They got to figure something out. You drafted him. <laughs> got to get him the ball. Yeah. But keep in mind, I mean, the defense is more glaring than the offense. I mean, they're but, putting but, points yeah, but they, up. But, they, but that's because they, I mean, we, and again, I, I don't, I, like, people are going to, Lions fans are already bitching at me, dude. I hear it all the time, every day of my life. If you say anything negative about Hutch, they'll come for you. If you say anything negative about Gibbs, they'll burn you at stake. Uh, I mean, it's just NFL running backs, like, honestly, when you see them, like, they're drafted, it's almost like their best year is their rookie year. It's yeah. like we're seeing it with Bajan. It's like, holy cow, it's looking so damn good. Yeah. We're seeing it with Brees Hall in year two, basically year one, where it's like, wow, this guy looks electric on the field. I just, I, It's just concerning to me that it's it, looking like we spent number 12 overall. I think Gibbs is a great player. I would love to have him. If he was third-round pick, it'd be the best pick maybe in my lifetime as a Lions fan. But it just seems like we're kind of – we spent this first-round value, number 12 overall. We all we don't need to rehash Jalen Carter. That's right. who I would have taken, but I'm not going to act like I'm some expert. Brad Holmes right. is great at his job. Dan Campbell's good at his job. It's just a really hard job to nail yeah, every right. single pick. I just would have liked to have seen them take a swing on somebody on the defense side of the ball there. And that's what we all said leading into the draft. We all kind of got a little confused on draft night and kind of had to roll with what Brad Holmes did. But I think we all thought at the time we needed to address either a corner or a linebacker, which we did later on in the first round. But I just would have liked to have seen a pass rusher there. I just, it's a bummer. Gibbs is good, but at the end of the day, it's almost like he's a glorified, you know, spellback, like scatback, almost like a Darren Scrolls. And it's, that's not what you take 12 overall. Well, a tough loss for sure. I mean, and we're depressed about the loss, but it is only two weeks into the season. Things yep. can definitely turn around. So let's let's not get suicidal or anything, Jerry. <laughs> well, I mean, we're okay. seeing it right now with like Donovan Edwards too. It's like, where do you fit this guy in? We know he's electric. We know he's good. It's just, it's a weird position that it's like, 
Michigan's well, having trouble getting him involved. And clearly Ben Johnson, we all think is good at his job, is having a hard time getting him involved too. Well, let's move over to the Wolverines. Number two, they down Bowling Green, a kind of a yawner, 31 to six. Uh, you know, uh, I think they do still have to figure out some things, uh, you know, on Donovan Edwards, the best way to get him the ball and the best way to utilize him. I mean, Corum looks like he's right where he needs to be. JJ just had a bad game. I mean, I think that he'll have a rebound from that, but just a bad game. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do now that Jim Harbaugh comes back and and maybe get some of that juice going and, you know, have the leader back on the sidelines. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think we all we we mentioned it in our our text thread, and I think a couple of us mentioned it in our instant reaction after the game. That I think that was the first game of these three that Harbaugh was suspended. That it clearly showed up. You missed him on the sidelines mm-hmm. once JJ threw that first pick, and then definitely after he threw that second one, it seems like Harbaugh would have had a much bigger effect on him. You know, settling him down maybe. Um, get rallying the troops being, you know, type of thing. Um, not saying that was the reason that he was throwing the interceptions or anything like that. I think it more came up to kind of like what you said, just kind of a bad game. He made a couple bad reads threw a couple picks that is what it is. It's not like all of a sudden now he's trash right. and he's overrated or anything like that. No, he's still probably the best quarterback in the big 10 and still just as good as he was a week or two ago. He just made a couple bad throws. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do. Yeah. With Harbaugh back, will it be back to ground and pound? Are they seeing that JJ McCarthy is going to really open up this offense? Cause I, I saw that Blake Corum, you know, even though we all kind of thought he started off slow, you know, what's going on with Corum. Pretty similar stats, He's, right? Similar stats to where he was last year. Really Donovan Edwards isn't too far off either. Cause if we remember, you know, they were kind of easing him into the offense last year too. And then mm-hmm. he really like blew up down the stretch. So really like nothing's all that different than last year. I, and I saw Harbaugh even in a presser or an interview with, with a reporter said something along the lines of, you know, people, I think he's alluding to Michigan fans want to see perfection. They won their, they've won every game by basically three or three and four scores. No starters have played in the fourth quarter, all three games, you know, so that's a good sign, you know? So like, has it been like perfect? I don't know. No, but they're blowing all these teams out. They look good for the most part. They're getting healthy or they are healthy, you know? So to me, you're right where you want to be going into big 10 play Rutgers. We all remember the 78 to zero game that that's not this Rutgers team. You know, you have, you have to take them seriously. I I think we'll see not to say Rutgers is like going to win the big 10, but I, I think we'll see a good test for Michigan. Finally. I think we'll see maybe a little more what this team is about. Yeah, I, it, I'm going to panic. All right, uh, I know I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and say it. I think this team has lost their way. I, I hear what you. I know. Nah, I know Harbaugh's back on the sidelines. Come on now. I, yeah, we need Harbaugh. I, you were right on that. Holy shit, this team is so much different without Harbaugh on the sideline. It's it's like they. It seems like they're like. It's like they're playing a JV football game. Like the juice isn't there. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. It just seems like they're totally different. So you're right. We are getting Harbaugh back at the exact perfect time. We need him. I'm glad it's only three games and not four, uh, that suspension. But they just seem to be like shotgun every snap, throwing it all over the yard. I mean, just and, and we're seeing it in terms of the numbers. I mean, I know we've been harping on last year and this year um, and how the new rules of the first down, how the short game and all that. But against the three cupcakes we had last year, we scored 51, 56, 59. This year, 30, 35, 31. What's going on? 
and they seem to be throwing it a lot more this year. It's just, I think they're kind of losing their way, getting a little too cute with it. We saw this with the Gaddis era where it's like we kind of abandoned who Michigan was. This identity that Michigan has created, I love it. It's brilliant. We're offensive line you. We're going to have great running backs, and we're going to pound the rock. I know McCarthy's really good. We all love McCarthy. I just worry that they are going too much into this kind of air raid Ohio State-esque offense. That's not what Michigan is. We don't have the playmakers on the perimeter to be that. I think they just got to refine their equilibrium. I think it's partially because Harbaugh's not there helping on some of these play calls on the sidelines. I think it's partially just boredom. I think it's partially just just maybe me overanalyzing every little ounce and nook and cranny because, like Harbaugh said, they want to be perfect. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think they're shifting a little bit? Well, I would say I would just say I agree with your thought process about lineman you and pound the rock. I I I don't want to see them, you know, go air JJ as the primary offense. I, I don't want to see that. I want to see them go back to what they had all the success with a year ago. Multifaceted, mixed up, you know, keep them guessing. And I, I think they will with Harbaugh back running the team. I, I think Again, we're three games into the season, the college season. Wolverines have had no issues. They survived a bad JJ game and still won handily. I think they're refocused now. The Big Ten season's starting. They can't be looking past Rutgers because they will give them a, a yeah. battle. I mean, Shiano's yeah. a good coach, and, and he knows he can play against this team, and they're 3-0. and they, they beat some pretty decent teams too, didn't they? So. Yeah. I think Michigan will be prepared. They're not going to take it like they used to in the past when Rutgers would come into town. They're going to be ready for them, and I, I think this is going to be a good test. I think it's going to be a good test just to watch what they do offensively. I, th I think it's too – you're going to find out if this team is for real. I'm not saying for real win a national title, mm -hmm. but if they're for real with everything they've said because they've been saying all, all three games that Harbaugh's been gone – we love you, coach. We can't wait for you to be here. We miss you on the sidelines. You know, all those awesome things, which you love to hear. So now we're going to see like, all right, do you mean it? Kind of <laughs> like what Jared said, because I definitely yeah. think the same thing. Like there just wasn't the same juice. Even first night game of the season, the new light show at the big house, which was really cool, but it just didn't feel cool. No, it just was it like, maybe it was the interceptions kind of, you know, deflated the balloon a little bit, but it was just kind of like, you know, like you said before, Jared, that the TV cameras weren't cutting over to Harbaugh, smacking JJ on the shoulder pads or, you know, yelling at the ref. Right. It was just kind of like a weird game to watch. Even it was te texting a couple buddies. We were texting like the the snoozing emoji. It was just kind of like it really was, man. Not only is it kind of late at night, but it was just kind of <laughs> like, my God, can we just get to the end of this game? I guess like so hopefully like kind of what I said before I started saying all this. We'll see if these players mean it about Harbaugh being back on the sidelines because he's there now. So, yep. and and he's got to prove it too. He he came out and said that he you know basically kind of like looked himself in the mirror type of thing and maybe learned learned some stuff about himself as far as coaching. So maybe it will be a good thing. Maybe they needed that Bowling Green game. Yeah. You know, JJ I, throws some interceptions and the defense kind of you know bend don't break type of thing. And Ted, you nailed it in your instant reaction. Heisman, I, I I agree with you. You have a game like that, Heisman is, is goodbye. In yeah. today's day and age when there's so many good quarterbacks lighting it up, his Heisman was gone uh, with that performance. I mean, it was just weird. Eight for 13, 143 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Kind of crazy. They only attempted 13 passes. Only three guys caught passes, uh, Loveland, Wilson, and Johnson. 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll side with you guys this week. I agree with what you're saying. We're going to have a great test next week. So I'm going to hold off any really harsh takes until we see what they look like with Harbaugh back and against Power 5 school. Well, you speak of the Heisman. I mean, your guy, Michael Penix, put himself up there wow. towards the top, man. Just destroyed the Spartans. I mean, you know, we got to talk a little bit about MSU. I mean, the whole yeah. the whole Mel Tucker thing is just is it's one of the most mind numbing things that uh, continues to come out of East Lansing. I mean, they went through the whole Nasser thing. They went through the stuff behind the scenes with D'Antonio, and then we got mm. this thing as a soap opera every day now with Mel Tucker. Yeah. And how you know we we asked the question, hey, will they rise to the occasion? Well, we found that out. They certainly didn't. They look like very garbage. Quickly. No, oh my yeah. god. Penix made them look very bad. Yes. I mean, Washington is a, a really good team. They're they're really good, and we know Michigan State is not. And they're obviously going through a lot of stuff right now. So that was just not to to come off of all the Mel Tucker stuff and then have to play Washington wasn't wasn't the the recipe for not success. Ideal. It's just we don't have to get into all the details of this Mel Tucker stuff no. and try and break all that down. Right. People can look that stuff up if they want on their own. It's just so strange, like you said, that they've been through so many of these kind of things, and it seems like almost like they haven't learned their lesson type of thing because they said that they found these details out about Mel Tucker when we all did that that Saturday, you know, a couple weeks ago, and that's why they then moved to suspend him. But then Mel Tucker comes out with his statement after Michigan State that said that they're going to fire him with Mm -hmm. cause. Mel Tucker said they knew back in March right. all of this stuff. And then they kept paying him. He's made like basically $5 million since then. Yep. And it's kind of like, like you said a couple weeks ago, Ted, it's kind of a he said, she said type of thing. But it's like, how is this going to play out? I mean, Mel Tucker clearly wants his money. He's he's clearly trying to say, I mean, he said that MSU oh, has yeah. other motives at play. Yeah, they don't want to pay you your $90 million is what it comes down to. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's a mess. It, it's not funny. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's not funny because, you know, the, the, the fans, you know, they don't deserve to go through it and the, the players on the team and all that kind of stuff. But it's it just MSU, man. What, what is going on over there? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, I, I see varying reports on people's opinions on whether administration and the athletic director handled this properly or not. I've seen both sides. Um, I don't know just seems like what what you said, Matt, where it's like Mel Tucker kind of had like a gotcha moment where it's like, no, dude, you guys knew about this. And then when the press came out, that's when everything went sideways for me. That's why you put me on leave. That's when mm-hmm. basically you said you were going to fire me, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, the one thing I thought was note is, is kind of interesting. Uh, and we were kind of talking pre-pod about, I don't know who this lady is. I should probably give her a shout out. Michelle, uh, somebody. Michelle, basically on Twitter, breaking all the, the legalities down for us idiots basically saying how it's kind of alarming that Mel Tucker is willing to go take this in front of, you know, a court in front of a jury that he kind of believes his side. They choose basically explaining somebody a lot smarter than me, watch this video. If we could find it. Um, basically how it's like him wanting to do, go and take this to sue him. Basically what Pat Fitzgerald has done, take it in front of a jury is kind of like eye opening and making it seem like maybe he believes in his side of the story. Truly. Does that change your guys' opinion at all? Does that kind of open your eyes a little bit? Ted, you're the big, uh, true crime guy, isn't that? A big yeah. Thing? Well, I again, you know, Mel Tucker is what he admitted to doing. You know, is such a black eye to the university. You can't have your head coach doing that kind of stuff and it coming out public. That, that's number one. Number two, wh- why wouldn't he go to the go to court and try and win this case to get his money? I mean, he's talking. We're talking a lot of money here. 
you know, he's not going to coach Michigan State again. We know that. You know, they already come out and said he's he's basically fired, but they still got to officially let the thing work through the system. But he's done there. My, I just want to throw this out there while the thought's in my mind. I love Michigan State as a university. I mean, I have two daughters educated there. I mean, as, a, as an institution in general, it's as good as it gets. It's top 25 oh, in yeah. the nation without a doubt. The thing is, I think they need to do, and I totally think they need to do this. The president, I think, is kind of interim right now. So they're going to have a new president of the university coming up. They need to totally clean house, totally. Yep. Talking, Starting with the trustees, everybody that makes decisions, the athletic director, they can't bring in somebody that has Michigan State ties to coach this team. They got to just clean house right now and start over. If that means a couple of bad seasons, so be it. They got stability in the basketball program with, with Izzo. They've got some other decent coaches in some of the other sports they've got going on. But this football program is a disaster, and, yeah. and it's a disaster from the top all the way down. I know. I keep seeing some people throw out some former players or even some former assistants mm-hmm. and coaches coming to coach. And, and that's what I keep thinking. You just, you, you need a clean house. You need new blood. Yes. You know, it's kind of like, it's like your friend that keeps going back to the same ex-girlfriend all the time. And then they keep breaking up two or three weeks later. It's like, well, yeah, those same bad memories that you guys right. have keep coming back. Every time you keep trying to date again, you know, eventually you just got to move on. Yeah. And, you know, Michigan state, I think needs to do the same thing. You know, hopefully, well, well, hopefully they figure it out. But well, kind of to Jared's point again, what always gets people, whether it's politics, whether whatever it is, it's always the cover up. They knew right. about this stuff. Why didn't they come clean at the very beginning? Well, that's you know? that's what you wonder is, I mean, according to Mel Tucker, anyway, they knew a while ago. Well, he's right so, about that. So, I mean, he he's saying that, you know, there, there's this investigation going on, so he can't say anything. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's all the Title IX rules and laws and all that kind of stuff. So he's going to continue coaching. So right. I think that's kind of his angle. Jared, you're talking about why is he taking him to court? I think he's saying, like, you guys knew this stuff. Yeah. So I, I you knew. I admitted to this stuff. I'm not denying anything that I did. Right. You know, you guys are firing me because now – nine months later that it came public. Now, all of a sudden you're going to say that you're going to fire me when you knew this, you know, back in March and then you kept paying me and let me coach the team. So I don't even know how it's going to play out. Like (laughs) it's almost not even, it's, it's not pretty. It's not good. It's and uh, yeah, I mean, we will sound stupid trying to give you the ins and outs of this, but the account is Michelle K 4040 on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, her bio says she likes college football, her family, and being a lawyer. So kind of yeah. perfect for this topic. Um, <laughs> but in terms of actually Saturday, I just got to talk about it. It was it pissed me off as a Michigan fan seeing that. And it, should, it pissed off Michigan State fans as Obviously. well. I mean, that should have been a day of celebration. 2013 teams back. First night game kind of really bringing in the season. Big time matchup. Number eight team in the country coming to Spartan Stadium. Fourth year of this guy's program. One, he's nowhere to be found. I wish he. I wish they would have suspended him a couple weeks later, man. I wish he had to sit on that sideline all game, like uh, Harlan Baronet had to do, because it was it was depressing. Like I, the clip of him doing uh, the interim head coach doing the chop yes. made me almost want to cry watching that. It's like <laughs> dude, they are so lost. They Beautiful. are so lost that they're going back to that idiot's teachings. Like they need a fresh, clean house, man. They made they made Washington look like the 2002 like Rams or something. I, I don't know what that was. I mean, we know they're good. They did it to him last year too, but good Lord, just w- in a, in, in a boat without an oar, just stuck out at, uh, at sea. 
yeah. what did we watch? It's and here's the thing that really kind of depressed me about it is I'm seeing people say like this is the most important hire in Michigan State history. If they mess up the hire, they're they're running the risk of becoming like a doormat of the power five schools, almost like a Vanderbilt or somebody like that. Who's just forgotten in the football ether. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wants that? The best days of our lives as Michigan football fans have been those Michigan, Michigan state rivalry games. Those are the ones you remember. And we're because of this idiot and this administration kind of screwing it up over and over and over again, we're almost going to lose this rivalry. That's been so awesome for yeah. my entire lifetime, at least. Good point, man. Good point. I mean, it- is it the biggest hire in the history of the program? No, you don't. I mean, Michigan went through Richard and Brady Hoke. So Michigan State went through what? John L. Smith, Bobby Williams. Right. So they would, I, I feel like Michigan State, like you laid out, Ted, it, it's a respected university. It's always going to be one of the best in the Big Ten. They would never turn into I kind of like a Purdue that. or something like that or an Illinois, mm-hmm. but they, they could have some, some tough years coming up. That's for sure. They got to. They got to. You, make the you know right what hire. it's going to come. You know it's going to come down to too. Michigan game is going to be their Super Bowl. Oh yeah. They <laughs> they could have two or three guys, wins. Do you guys think that was a lot a different game if Mel Tucker's on the sidelines? No, not this not season. Much. Not, not much. this season. It seems like he had no. It seems like those, those players were checked out playing. So he left the cupboard. So and think about all the guys that are going to transfer out within right. a month of him being uh, fired. They get they don't get no penalty for it. Right. They're going to lose probably 30 players to the portal. Um, right. I, I don't know who you even look to as a replacement. Let's let the dust, dust settle a little bit on Mel Tucker before we even start talking about that. But the replacements don't seem to be good. No, it's going to be a tough year for sure. So I don't know. We'll, we'll be watching. Well, it is going to be a good uh, Saturday of football. Some great matchups coming up on the schedule. It's, it's perfect as we're getting close to October, man. It's going to be a lot of fun Saturday, isn't it? A lot of ranked games and, you know, Michigan, Michigan at noon versus right. Rutgers, like we said. And then right after that, 3.30 and then through the night, yep. a lot of really good games, some ranked matchups. Finally, we're getting we're getting a bunch of ranked matchups. So the big one, Colorado and Oregon yep. is is Coach Prime, Colorado. Are they are they really going to be for real? I mean, that that game against Colorado State was pretty wild. We'll we'll find out for real against Oregon. I think. What a I mean I will be honest I stayed up until about three a.m. watching that game. Unbelievable! I, I could take my eyes off of it. <laughs> it. You knew there was some magic. Like either one either if they lost it was gonna, you couldn't take your eyes off the screen. If they won that game, it was going to be awesome. So I was like I'm I'm in this until the very end. I got to see how this handshake at midfield plays out between <laughs> that was pretty and nice. Uh, just just what a storyline, man. Yep. Again, it can't be understated. Matt, I see you're kind of defending the shield a little bit with everybody bitching about all this coverage of Colorado. I mean, we're all for it. We're loving it. Who didn't love seeing game day and uh, big noon kickoff there as well in yeah. 60 minutes? I watched all that. I watched it all. Yeah. 60 yep. minutes, I watched the replay on YouTube, man. Uh, it's just it's the number one story going, and it, what a great addition to college football. The, the, the 60 that. minutes you got if you haven't seen the 60 minutes with Prime, man, it, it's worth watching. It was well done and uh he definitely has uh, been a story. I mean, he is the story in college football right now, without a it doubt, is. man. He's he, legit. You can't deny it because I saw Colorado has sold out all their home games for the first time in like 20 years or something crazy yeah. like that. Uh, the viewership of that game that you're talking about, Jared, even at 2 a.m. East yeah. Coast time at least, was higher than like the Alabama-Texas game or even you know a bunch of other games they were listing. So people are watching and whether you want to 
you know, you love it or hate it. Um, it's intriguing. Like you said, even yeah. the handshake at midfield is intriguing. You know how late that game was. I, uh, I record every week football final. Yeah. I usually record oh, it on yeah. the deuce. Right. And <laughs> so they're, so they're talking and they go, Oh, by the way, Colorado, Colorado state's in overtime. And I'm going, what? <laughs> Game's yeah. still going? Yeah. What yeah, it was crazy that that ten o'clock kick, man. Those things yeah. go late, and then especially when it goes in double overtime. But how about the credit? You got to give some to Colorado State, man. They played their balls off, man. They did. They did. I mean, they came they in to play NFL players. I, I mean, they had the pass rusher Kamara making yeah. plays and yeah. being ejected. Um, they obviously Blackburn's getting a lot of heat for his hit on Travis Hunter. That was a um, they had a shot. wide receiver who's a stud. They had a tight end hooker who was making had a couple incredible catches for touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun game. I mean, it's isn't it just so bizarre that in my whole life the Pac-12 has never really measured up in football. The one year that it's they're their moving best year. on, it's yeah. like it, they are like maybe the most entertaining conference in all football this year. Just what about storylines? Yep. Don't they have a game coming up this weekend? A, a nine a.m. start. Colorado or Colorado they're, versus Oregon. That's a that's a noon kick. Yeah. Holy cow! Wow. <laughs> no, that's uh Colorado yeah. Oregon's at three thirty. Okay. Wow. I know. Maybe I'm th- what. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I thought I thought I saw that. Maybe it's next week's. Probably Maybe it's not, next though. week's schedule. Might be next week's. Yeah, that that three thirty window is prime for you, Ted. With your, you know, just it. flip it, flipping the channel. You got, like I said, you got Colorado, Oregon, three thirty on ABC. I'll be there. Ole Miss, Alabama on CBS. Oh, I'll be clicking there. And then over <laughs> on Fox, you got Dante Moore and UCLA versus Utah. Yeah, that'll so be that, my third click. Ho- awesome, hopefully, man. hopefully you've watched Michigan handle their business against Rutgers, and then That's at three right. thirty, you can just sit back and yep. cycle through those games right there. What do you guys make of? And I've heard this. I, I agree with this. 100. We said it last year. It ended up being maybe being not so true because Stetson Bennett was that good. Uh, yeah, I think the SEC compared to the rest of the country, it, it's it's as wide open a season as we've ever had. Yeah, like if Michigan really Michigan could win a national championship this year. If they were operating on all cylinders like we kind of saw last year, I'd be saying, man, they make them the number one team in the country. Yeah. But it just what a fun year it's going to be for college football. What a uh, great sport. I, I love mean, it. Hopefully it's it be shakes awesome. out that way. Hey, before we get to entertainment, one other quick little topic. You know, baseball's coming down the stretch that, you know, they're trying to get ready for wild card and all that. It's kind of neat to see. But really the big story here for us, it's Miggy's final stretch, you know, coming down to the wire here. Uh, I was thinking I might I might make one more game down at Comerica. I got to take a look at the rest of their home schedule. They're, they do they finish with a home stand, Jared? Do yeah, you know, ref? They do. Nope. Yeah. Last okay. weekend of September. Uh, last game of the season's October first. Yeah. So I might be down there. You know, maybe a Thursday or a Saturday or something like that. But yeah, what a career! What a Hall of Famer! You know, it's just. It's too bad we're not going to be seeing Miggy anymore. Obviously, he hasn't been himself the last couple of years, but still, it's it's neat that he's been able to do his uh, his walkthrough and kind of neat with the Dodgers giving him a star on the Hollywood yeah. Walk of Fame. That was kind of unique. You could you could tell he's loving it too. He oh, yeah. you know he was never one his whole career. You know, especially with the Tigers, even when he's winning triple crowns and MVPs, he wasn't one in front of the camera a whole lot. You know, he didn't do a ton of interviews and stuff like that. You, you can tell he's like in this um, swan song a little bit. But, yeah, they, they finish a three-game series against uh, Kansas City and then a two-game against Cleveland at, okay. at Comerica Park. So you, you've got some opportunities there. And against some division rivals, you know, yeah. Kansas City and Cleveland. But uh, it would be cool to go see him. Hopefully he can, hopefully he can stay healthy because you know that um, Hinch is going to play him for that home crowd those last oh, few games. Oh, for sure, for sure. 
Even if he, I, I hope they, I hope they put him at first base. I hope they start him at first base that, that last awesome. game. That would be awesome. I mean, <laughs> even if they move him to DH, you know, in the fourth or fifth inning or something like that. But yeah, put put him at first base in his last game at Comerica. Amen. He, that- I, I tell you what, I expect nothing less from him in that last game to hit a home run. <laughs> he's he's just got that magic to him. I, I could just one hundred percent see it. So yeah, you Tad, think I mean, he's gonna be swinging for the pass, fences, man. right? Yeah. Get the old, get the old. Yeah, he's 100 going to. I think. I yeah, hope he does. Sure. That's the only way to go out, really. I mean, Derek Jeter, I was, or no, Derek Jeter's was a 3,000 hit. Yeah. yeah. I'll um, let you know. I'll let you know if I go down there, Jared. We'll hook up. Yeah. I mean, why not, man? Last yeah. weekend, you will see a living legend. One last well, ride. I got to look at my football schedule first, though. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Miggy. It's going to yeah. rely on that. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up with a quick little entertainment tonight. Right after this. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at CoreyShook.com, and follow on Facebook at CoreyShook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. All right, guys, I got just two quickies. Uh, I'm late to the game. I know both of you have seen this movie. The Notebook. I finally saw The Notebook for the first time. Man. What? <laughs> yes. I mean, it came out in 2004. Hey, there's still movies I haven't seen, believe it or not. This is the but, last uh, thing I expected to come up on <laughs> entertainment tonight. Well, I was flipping I it, through though. the dial with my wife, you know, and saw on Amazon Prime. I said, well, you know, you've talked about this before. And I, I've heard this is really good. Let's check out The Notebook. So we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent love story. I love the way they put it all together. <laughs> You know, Ryan Gosling was really good. Uh, you know, Rachel McAdams, very solid. I liked the whole backstory with James Garner. I mean, it was it was a good movie. I'm sure the book was fantastic as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd give that one uh, for a love story. And the way they laid it all out, that's, that's a solid 2.8, 2.9, I think, on the three-point podcast scale. No, it's very good. And basically any of the uh, Nicholas Sparks books, that yep. that's what The Notebook is, any of his books that have been turned into movies, I think are really good. I'm I'm a sucker for rom coms though. I I really like rom coms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can even consider the Notebook a rom com. I wouldn't because it wasn't no. really a comedy. No, at not all. at all. Yeah, it was um, a love story. And really, man. really, yeah. None none of his are really rom coms either. They're more dramatics or whatever romantic. But anyway, all really good. Notebook though, great. It's a great. It's a great story. The mm-hmm. acting, like you said, just a very good movie. Very yeah. good. What 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 other movies are on your list? Like, what other movies would surprise us that you haven't seen? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you when I see them. I don't know. I can't off the top of my head. It's got to uh, be like you probably haven't seen. Like, like it wouldn't surprise if you're like, oh, I've never seen Jurassic Park. No, right. I've seen Jurassic Park. I, I mean, it doesn't necessarily surprise man. me. It doesn't like surprise me. You haven't seen the Notebook, right? Just like how you set this up. <laughs> And then you said the notebook was like the last thing that I expected you <laughs> yeah. to throw out there. I was expecting even like SpongeBob SquarePants or something. I don't, yeah, I don't even know the notebook. Oh wow, okay, yeah. Hey, I like to keep you guessing, man. And yep. and, you, and frankly, like what I like to do on this, I just I pass on what I watch, and if I like it or don't like it. Now, here's one. 
again, flipping through Amazon Prime, and you guys know the story of the monkeys, the the group, the monkeys. <laughs> this I, is more like your typical entertainment. There you go. Yeah, what do you got? Well, do you know the monkeys? Number one, I mean, yeah. you know who they? You've heard some of their music, right? Yeah. And the whole story, the whole story on the monkeys is it was a made-for-television group. You know, they didn't really. They didn't really play instruments. They were really hired for their acting ability. And it was kind of a, they were stealing basically some of the limelight from the Beatles, right? So there was this movie on, again, I'm late to the game. It was made in 2000 and it's called Daydream Believers, The Monkey's Story. And I, I put this on and I can only give it praise for one thing, the, uh, the casting. Okay, the four guys that were casted as the actual monkeys. They, they acted like them. They, they you could believe that they were the group, but the the movie was horrendous, just absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how often you guys do this. Do you watch what was a movie? The name and of this you, it's called Daydream Believers, the Monkey Story. Okay. All right. Now, do you, you guys probably bail out on movies if you're if you're like halfway through a movie and you go, "Man, this is pitiful." Do you bail out or do you finish it off and then just go, man, why did we waste our time watching that? Because that's what I did. My wife and I both go, well, why did, what did we just watch here? You know, it was, it was, it was terrible. I'm, I'm not walking out of a theater, but if right. I'm at home and it's that bad, mm -hmm. I might pause it and say, I'll come back and finish this later and then probably never do. But I'd give, I'd give it a 1.2 just based wow. on the casting, based on the casting alone. That's it. I mean, they 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 seemed like they were the real guys, but the script was terrible. The overall acting was bad. I mean, it it was like uh, well, in fact, come to find out, I did look it up. It was a made-for-TV movie for VH1. Oh, yep, that'll <laughs> I, do it. I feel like um, we had this kind of tested the whole turning it off thing with White Men Can't Jump the reboot. Man, I turned it off oh, in the first yeah. five minutes. You sat through it, kind of loved sit it. Through it. it was kind of your report at the end of it, almost in a way. Um, okay. You do you not do you guys never do you look up like reviews before um, you watch movies or do you just go in blind? I pretty I, much most of the time go blind. Most yeah, time. going blind. I mean, maybe I'll listen to friends or you know other people tell me their review, but no, I'm not. I don't hop on Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that and and read the review because usually I usually I don't necessarily agree with them, as you guys know with oh, yeah. Entertainment Tonight. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I always check the reviews, and, and that's just one of those things. It's like I, you look up the review; it says six point oh on IMDb, which usually those are like nine point nines. Right. I mean, it's a red flag right away. But what is it about this story that drew you in? The monkeys, just an interesting band. I honestly know nothing about them. Yeah, they're they're from my era, Jared. I mean, they're you know they're a mid '60s television show. I mean, it was uh, they were the number one rated TV show. It was on every week, you know, and it was following these guys and their and their music was actually really good. But the the whole thing was they didn't play their own instruments for the most part, and they didn't write their own music. Neil Diamond wrote some of their bigger hits. Unbelievable. So I mean, it was it was a big thing in my age group. Your dad would remember the Monkees real well. Uh, Matt, but uh, yeah, it, it just kind of was in my sweet spot growing up. I like I like their music, so I thought, oh, what the heck, let's watch this movie. I did not realize it was twenty three years old though. When 23 I started, twenty three years it. old and made for VH one. Exactly. Yeah. So just one of those things. How about you guys? Anything on the on the uh, entertainment agenda that you've watched recently? Yeah, I watched something that you would be interested in for sure, Jared. You probably laugh at this, so. <laughs> I saw an ad, I don't know where, if it was on, you know, Facebook or somewhere 
a new three-part documentary on our favorite trial that we followed um, not too long ago, Murdoch. I'm in. Um, it's on it's on Fox News's streaming service. It's called okay. Fox Nation, yep. and they have a seven day free trial. So I, I did the free trial. It's a three part. Each each part is about um, fifty four minutes. You you know, so about an hour. Mm -hmm. So I told my wife, I was like, I'm signing up for this free trial. I'm not paying. <laughs> I'm not paying for Fox News's streaming service. So we've we've got seven days to watch this. But um, so it's a three part different look at this whole situation. You know, there's right. all these other documentaries about this, this, what happened with Murdoch. Right. And it all seemed like they're all kind of the same. This one has an exclusive interview with Buster Murdoch, Ooh. the one brother that's still living. And it's a very deeper look at the actual trial mm -hmm. and a lot of the forensic stuff and a lot of the, how they kind of broke down the crime scene and stuff like that. So um, it has some of the, some prison um, recorded audio from Alec Murdaugh. So it's a three part, you know, three hours. Basically, you can sign up for the seven day free trial of Fox Nation and watch it. And again, if you're interested in that trial already, to me, it was different enough to spend the three hours because it gave it didn't just dive into all the same stuff. It didn't just show you all the same footage and everything like that. It was a lot of different stuff. And then the interviews with the brother uh, Buster made it interesting also so highly recommend that for anyone who likes the true crime type stuff so I, Jared, be, probably this, not you no this is really dumb i've always heard the name murdaugh what this is really dumb i almost don't want to say it what exactly happened <laughs> uh, he How killed his son got, and, <laughs> he killed his son and wife and oh probably, this is the recent one i yeah. was thinking back, like for some reason i was thinking of like the 2008 era no, no okay i got gotcha. you yeah, yeah and, this is the and, one. and wait for Buster to go to trial too, because you know he had he had some dealings with that one kid that got killed right. on the side of the road. So yeah, they, they touched on that a little I'll bit. Throw that yeah, out there. Right. That that's <laughs> um, been reopened apparently. Yeah. But yeah, so I would I would highly recommend that, Ted. Yep. Like you said, sign sign up for the free trial and and be I'm sure check to spectrum it. first. I'm gonna check spectrum first. Yeah, see if it, it might it, it might be on there. It might be on there. Like I said, it's a it's a Fox News thing, so it might be on there on demand. But okay, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up, you, you brought up the monkeys and, and music back in that day. Yeah. So Aerosmith is touring. Right. I don't know if you guys heard, but they were supposed to be playing in Detroit on Tuesday. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But Steven Tyler, he got put on put on hiatus because of um vocal leading vocals. Dear God. <laughs> um, but got put on basically a 30 day hiatus. And we're we're going to see him when they come to Charlotte in Ooh. October seventeenth, and his that show is supposed to be like the second or third one when he's able to come back. So hopefully everything goes good with yep. his thirty day rehab, because my my mother in law, my my wife's mom and stepdad, they were going to go to the one in Detroit, and they got pushed back. I think to January. I think right. so. They're still planning on doing it. Um, I'm pretty excited. I'll be honest. I've been listening to, we bought the tickets a few weeks ago, I don't know, a month or two ago, and we've been listening to some Aerosmith playlists, and you don't realize how many hits they have. Aerosmith has so many hits. They're, I'm, they're I'm one of the great for this concert. Oh, yeah. they're, they're one of the greatest American bands ever, without yeah. a doubt. You know, yeah. Have you ever seen them? I have not seen them live. I need to ask my parents. I'm 99% sure my parents did I see them have, yeah. back in the 70s. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. First time hopefully, I saw hopefully them. Hopefully he heals up. 
<laughs> oh, they're they're awesome. They put on a great show, and they have they have a lot of great music. Uh, hopefully, they hold up as old geezers, but they, they yeah. you know they're professionals, so they'll they'll put on a good show. I, the first time I saw them was in I think it was probably 1974 at the old Flint IMA downtown wow. Flint. That wow. where, that goes way back. That, that, you ever heard their song "Train Kept a Rolling"? Yep. That was their that was their big hit at that time. And that was like kind of where they first were introduced nationwide to the country. Wow. So yeah, I've seen them a few times. Nice. That is yeah, you got I mean, that's almost one of those bands you gotta go see one more time before they hang it up, whatever that is. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully it's not in the next month. I mean, that's scary, bleeding yeah. vocal cords. No kidding. I mean, take your time going back from that. Um and it would just make that much that hit that much sweeter when he does go on tour if he does end up missing it coming up in a month. But yeah. knock on wood, he doesn't. Uh, I just have one quick, it's kind of depressing. Uh, winning time, the show we've kind of talked about yeah. time and time again on this yeah. show, basically been canceled. Um, I don't think it was necessarily because it's a bad show. I liked it, um, but I think it's more so just the amount of money that they had to put into this show was not worth the the return they were getting. Mm-hmm. So just a bummer to kind of see that one go. It ended very weirdly. You could tell they slapped the ending together. Uh-huh. Uh, it ended actually with the with the Celtics beating the Lakers for the first time. I think it was 1984. Uh, it's kind of how the series wraps. So just a weird ending. Uh, Ted, I, did you ever end up really even watching it? It seems like it's made for people. No. Yeah, I watched, I watched the entire cool. season one. I haven't got into the season two yet. I, you know, I'm, I was planning on it. It seems like that they only had like six or seven episodes on season two also, I think. Yeah, shorter. Yeah, I yeah. think seven. I think it was only seven. Um, okay. I, the one thing I'll say about I love this show. I mean, they somehow nailed Magic Johnson's casting. They, they nailed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They nailed the casting basically from top to bottom in this yep. whole show. It's so good. This type of show, I don't think it could have been done better. The way they mixed in kind of the old school retro vibe with like old highlights with current replayed like highlights, it's so cool. Yeah. It seems like it's made for people like you, Ted, who watched it live. Yeah. Kind of bring back the nostalgia and all those images you've seen over and over again throughout the years and living during that time. To see them recreate it, it was really cool, but I don't blame HBO for getting rid of it, but it's just kind of a sign of where things are changing. I mean, remember the days of Lost when as they spend billions, like almost like, you know, whatever, millions and millions on a pilot. Right. Those days are long gone. So it's just kind of a sad world for TV. Well, it's going to be weird watching anything coming up in the entertainment world with the strike still going on. You know, there's not much new coming out as far as the writers strike and now the actors, too. So it'll be definitely bizarre to see when when we'll actually see some good programming again but i i do agree jared that first season i enjoyed and that whole era of nba basketball i mean that's going to be near and dear to my heart forever i mean it was it was a great era with the celtics the lakers the pistons then you know making their move they could have definitely won three or four championships and uh and then the bulls and michael then took over so yeah, it was a great era and that's what sucks is they kind of tease the bad boys too in the final episode. And then it's like, Oh, this tease is for nothing. We're never going to oh, see it. It's that's just, a, that's a bummer. Yeah. It's kind of sucks. They built up for two seasons. They built up really to when it gets going. And then it's just, just done. It yeah. Just sucks. Matt, did you ever get around to watching that one or no? No, same thing. I, I know I wasn't watching live, but you know, being a Lakers fan and just an NBA fan in general, I, I know I would like it. Yeah. They did a good job with it. it. Yep. Yeah, they did. All right, fellas, I think we've carried on long enough. Let's uh, let's call it a podcast. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a membership, get yourself healthy. Also sign up for that October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K Run Walk. We also want to thank AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook & Associates Real Estate Services, 
Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And one more time, a shout out to our sponsors, man. They, they really make this possible. Hey, we dedicate to put a product on the air every single week, but we do it because we get you know, to cooperate with our partners. That really right. makes a big difference. So if you're in any of their businesses or if you're curious about uh, insurance or anything else that's offered by uh, our sponsors, definitely tell them that you listen to Three Point Podcast. It'll go a long way. We also want to thank Sam Ali, Ali of the, uh, the sports director of MidMichigan Now and host of For the Win. Follow him at Sam Ali Sports on X and Twitter. And uh, the Z92.5 Castle Game of the Week this week, man. I'm going to miss that uh, Lake Fenton Corona game, but uh, filling in for Casey, Chi-Town on the road in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this weekend. Uh, they're at the Tequila Cowboy, and we'll be carrying on Z92.5 Lansing Eastern at St. John. St. John's going to look to pick up another W. So tune into that one Friday night, but we'll have updates on the Cavaliers and Lake Fenton games and the other games throughout mid-Michigan. That's it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind out there, please, and thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.